Hey folks, this is David from the Coachville Coaching Leadership Podcast. I have a quick favor to ask you before we get started. If you haven't subscribed or followed on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcast platform of your choice, please do so. I would love your feedback. In every show note, in every episode, there is a link to rate this podcast. So it's ratethispodcast.com slash coaching. I want to make content that's good for you and better for all of us. All right, on to the show now. All right, folks, welcome back to the Coachful Coaching Leadership Podcast. And today I'm here with Kalyani Pardeshi. Kalyani, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you, David? I'm wonderful today. Um, so before we uh, started recording, you said you're a little bit tired from the week, <laughs> right? Uh, you feeling hyped up right now? You good? Yes, I am. Your energy just is awesome. Yeah, well, I'm a little bit tired too, so it's okay. It's okay, but uh, I've I've had a had a couple of these. You know, it's coffee, really. Honestly, it's coffee. Um, but let, let's get started. Um, so, Kanye, I I don't want to take the glory away from you. How about you introduce yourself to everyone? Okay, so hi everyone. I am Kalyani Pradeshi. I am the only certified flowsus trainer in Canada. What that means is I help you get into flow intentionally and i can share so many stories about that throughout our conversation um, what i do is i help people stop bullying themselves by discovering their uniqueness and mastering their thought processes and i've worked with the calgary military families resource center i took them through my six-week self-bullying course i've worked with parents and teams groups of them i did a tedx talk in may this year and um I also worked with inclusive leadership in a virtual world where I talked about um, self-bullying disguised in seemingly positive messages. So I played around with people's brains and it was a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I, I want to dive into that right away. That's okay. Self-bullying. It's the first time I've heard that term when I, when I met you, um, when one of our mutual acquaintances uh, introduced us. Uh, actually, it's uh, Richard Lee Tai, episode number 12. Uh, on my podcast, he introduced us. And, and you know, one of the things that was interesting listening to your TEDx talk was um, talking about self-bullying and how, you know, even cult you know, cultural uh, influences come into that. But maybe talk a little bit about self-bullying, what that is, and what's been your experience with that? Okay, so a lot of people think self-bullying is the same thing as being hard on yourself. You know, your inner critic, the, the, the voice that's bullying you. No, it's not. Because the difference is, and I talk about conscious versus unconscious brain, self-bullying behaviors are unconscious behaviors. It takes place in 90% of our brain. And the reason we're not aware of it is because they come across as being motivational behaviors. So the ones I talked about in my TEDx talk is um, being an overachiever, a goal chaser, a goal digger is the word that I used. Um, being an underdog. These are people we look up to, you know, someone who is toxically positive and the word toxic, but the, I use Pollyanna, right? Is like we look at these people and think, wow, I just want to be like them. But we spoke about this as cause versus effect, right? So yes, you can be an overachiever, but what's the cause of it? Is it the, are you doing it for the cause or for the effect? The effect is, yes, you want to get all these degrees. You want to, you're finding your worth and value in what you're achieving versus who you are. 
And the cause of wanting to do it is like, you know what? I want to learn this. This is something interesting. So I want to learn this. So if mm -hmm. you're doing it for the cause versus effect. One of the wonderful examples I love to give is um, my brother is a highly successful CPA in the U.S. But the reason he chose to become a CPA was for the effect, not for the cause. Because when he was in high school, he went to visit a friend of his and this friend had a beautiful home, you know, the best of everything in the house, mm -hmm. you know, cars, everything, furniture, you name it, the best of everything. And he asked his friend, so what does your dad do? And he said, well, my dad's a CPA. So my brother's like, I want to do that because I want to have all these things. And the question I always ask is, well, once you've done all of that, are you happy? And the answer is no, they're not. Because when you're doing it from a growth mindset perspective, when you're doing it for the cause of it, you will find happiness regardless of the outcome, regardless of whether you achieve it or not, because you took the action. You're happy in just taking the action. Hmm. So I, I think this is actually a good conversation because um, how many first-year students in, you know, coming out of high school will pull up, put up their hand and say, I want to be a doctor. I remember in my first-year biology class, it was like a, it was over a thousand people in, in, in the lecture hall and 90% of the, of the room put up their hand. So that was like 900 people. The teacher said, okay, the reality is, is less than 1% of you in this room, basically 10 of you are going to become a doctor. And that trashed everyone's uh, dreams. But I, I do wonder then, why do they want to become a doctor? Is it for the cause? They want to truly help people? Or is it the effect? They How are the only ones can actually answer that, right? Uh -huh. Sorry, I interrupted you. I apologize. No, no, keep going. Um, for me, I was for, in it for the effect, and I, I mentioned this in my TEDx, is that my family had a long list of nicknames for me, and one of them was dumb. But what no one considered is I was put into grade one at age five, which was a year too soon for my brain to have developed that much for me to understand concepts like skip counting, which I didn't know. And, you know, I didn't do very well in grade one. I, I passed the grade, but then... In grade two, I worked really, really hard and I was ranked first and I was made fun of then too. It's like, okay, you know, were you the only kid in the class or um, what went wrong, <laughs> right? Uh -huh. So for me, the self-bullying behavior came in because I wanted to stop people from teasing me and my own family from teasing me. So a lot of it is, are you a doctor? Are you a this? Are you a that? You know, it's just... It's very interesting. I had a conversation with a friend the other day, and she was saying to me that her niece is, uh, you know, um, studying PhD in cancer research, but she's got such an attitude about her. And that's the thing is like, you know, when we talk about humility, it is the ability to see the perspective of another. Not, mm -hmm. It's not about being less than. It's about to be humble enough that you're able to take someone else's perspective and say, okay, maybe I'm wrong. Right? Mm -hmm. So... That's the thing is that we've always, and in my culture particularly, we've always associated your worth and your value with what you do, what you have, not who you are. And that was the point of my TEDx talk is like, 
I'm not what I do. I'm not what I have. I'm not my career. I'm not my behavior. Mm-hmm. Who am I? <laughs> so who am I? And, and I, I want to get to that in, in, in a few moments about knowing who you are and knowing what your cause is and not just the effect. But I, I before that, so you talk about all the, the, the external bullying that happens. It could be from family, friends. It doesn't matter. Um, there is the desire to want something because of the effect, you know, cars, house. Let's talk about the self-bullying because that's the, the theme of, of what you talk about. What are some of the self-bullying behaviors, you know, you've experienced for yourself and other people express? So one of my favorite ones I like to talk about is being the underdog where every single time someone said I couldn't do something, I'd embark on a mission to prove them wrong. It was as simple as that. It was like, I really wanted to prove them wrong. And that's how I ended up losing something like 22 pounds working out at home simply because somebody said to me, well, you can't lose it. You can't get back to your pre-pregnancy weight. And I did it because I just wanted to shut them up. So there are a lot of people that I know. Um, In fact, I was talking to um, a fellow speaker at the dinner before the actual event. And I asked him a question. I said to him, I'm going to make a statement and I want to tell, I want you to tell me, do you find this motivating or do you find this is bullying? And it's something Frank Sinatra said. And he said, the best form of revenge is extreme success. So my whole point is you're pursuing pursuing extreme success with the cause, the intention of getting revenge. Mm. How is that healthy? Mm. That's self-bullying? Is that self-bullying? It is. Hmm. And and so then what's the impact of, you know, like you you gave the example of like someone said, hey, you can't lose enough weight. And, And I think in your TED Talk, you said you lost 22 pounds. You also went into a bodybuilding competition. I was invited. I didn't go in because okay. I did not have six <laughs> hours to train every single day. <laughs> but I guess what are some of the things you're saying to yourself in that process that you know makes it even makes it even worse? Well, I used to always just say, "I'm going to show them. I'm going to mm. shut them up." But you know what's very interesting is they don't care. They've said whatever they've wanted to say, and they've moved on. Right? In fact, when I lost all the weight. The very same person just said to me, well, you don't look pretty anymore. Your face has lost all its charm because you've gone so skinny. You look sick. So it it just kind of like backfired on me, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, I was featured in magazines. None of that mattered. Mm -hmm. But now in hindsight, I realize people say these things because they have low self-esteem. And Mm -hmm. self-esteem is confidence in your uniqueness. If you're confident in who you are, you don't feel the need to put someone else down. Okay. So given that, you, you know, you talked about knowing who you are. How do you help people know who they are? So I'm going to go a little bit into the backstory here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's talk about a story. Let's say you and I walk into a dealership, okay, on the same day, and you and I buy the exact same car, same make, same model, same color, everything. Two years from now, is your car going to look exactly like mine? The way I take care of things? Maybe not. (laughs) Exactly. So, and maybe the way I take care of things, maybe not. And why is that? Is it the car's fault or how Mm. we drive it? It's how we drive it. It's how we maintain it. it. 
Yeah. Exactly. And that's what I mean. And talking about who you are, the driver is your uniqueness, your intangible drivers or your intrinsic motivators. The car is your brain. So if you're not driving your car, your brain, according to your uniqueness, you're going to burn yourself out. And I did that. I did that for two years. I operated outside of my uniqueness and I was burnt out. Where I was not driven by what intrinsically motivates me to be. Hmm. So how, how do you find that then? How do you find what's intrinsic to you? Uh, there's a little quiz. <laughs> So I, I think we're going to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's, here's the fun part of this po uh, podcast folks. <laughs> so there is an, it's literally a three question quiz. Um, uh -huh. And it's, they present a situation and in that situation is how you answer the questions, how you approach the situation that determines what intrinsically motivates you mm -hmm. to do what you want to do. Now, the difference between the intangible driver test and a personality test is a personality test teaches you how not to lose energy, okay? Intangible drivers teach you how to gain energy regardless of the contacts. So according to personality test, I am an introvert. I'm not supposed to interact with people. And if that were really true, I wouldn't have stood in front of what, three between 300 and 500 people and spoken. But Intangible drivers teaches me how to interact with people so that I give them energy and I gain energy at the same time. Mm -hmm. Give energy and gain energy at the same time. Okay. Do you want to walk through that process? Absolutely. So can I talk about yours and I'll talk okay. about mine? <laughs> okay. So for context, folks, um, Kalyani asked me to answer these um, flow cess questions. Uh, I did that before this podcast. And uh, it came up with some output about, you know, what's server. My, yeah. yeah, my why and my how. So yeah, help me, help me uh, decode what this is. Okay, so you came out as giver server. Very interestingly, my mom is server giver, the opposite, right? Okay, so, so my why, sorry, just, so my why in, in life is I'm a giver. And my how in life is I'm a server. Correct. So, okay, we'll, we'll start there. Okay, so your motivation, your why, your intention, regardless of any context, is to supply a tangible need or improvement. I'm guessing this is why you do podcasts, because you're getting people in, sharing ideas that can help people improve their lives. Yes? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One of mm -hmm. the things that you do, yeah. correct? One, yes, one, one of, of the, the major reasons. <laughs> so your focus is in the present moment. Your intention focuses in the present moment. The method, the way you use is you, you do something or you give something, okay? So you're, what, you're focused on others. Some people might say that you come across as unemotional because you're in the present moment and then you move on, right? You are not settled until the other person that you're giving to receives it. Hmm. So how people can help you feel settled, even if they don't agree with you, and I'll give you a very good story for this. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't agree, even if they don't agree with you, the best way for them to make you feel settled is to start with, okay. Because mm -hmm. you're not saying something negative right away. You can say, okay, and this is what I feel. 
But the mm. first word should always be okay. I accept what you're saying. Okay. Um, so on the positive side of the scale, you come across as stoic. On the negative or misunderstood style, you come across as a taker. So famous givers of Mother Teresa. Okay. Now, I want to share a quick story with you. My mom is the other. She's server giver. And um, she gets really frustrated very easily. And I was at her house a couple of years ago and I took out a stainless steel plate because she did not have um, a chopping board. And I decided to chop onions on it. I ended up scratching her stainless steel plate. Mm-hmm. And she just lost it. She got so mad at me and she went on this whole rant of, you know, when I die and my property is divided, you make sure your brother doesn't get the scratch plate and you take the scratch plate. To all of this, I just said, okay. And she settled right away. Right away. Mm-hmm. End of conversation. We moved on. So to understand a person's uniqueness, to speak to them in their uniqueness settles them. The flip side of it is if you don't speak to someone in their uniqueness, you're abusing them. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you're server how I'm also server how fun fact, half the world is server how Mm -hmm. what we do as server house is that we want to fill a need. We will do whatever it takes to fill the need. We're focused on the future we do and we serve. Now server how is likable and popular because they're adaptable. They meet people where they are at because we're adaptable to other people's hows. And we are not settled until the need is filled. So let someone, you, they have to let us fill the need, right? Um, server how on the positive sides, we're adaptable and negative is people call us fake. Mm-hmm. So um, famous, uh, Sorry, server house is like Bill Gates, Thomas Edison, right? Now, one of the stories I would love to share with you is my son, because my son's server, server. So he's why and how server, server. So he has 49 different ways in which he will approach a problem. And in school, his teachers will always tell him what to do. Fun fact about server how is that when you tell them what to do, you're going to drain their energy. Mm. Totally drain their They will not want to do it. Right. And Mm -hmm. that was one of the things I struggled as a child is my parents always told me, you have to do this. You have to do that. And I would do it, but not from a place of joy. It's because I had to do it. It drained my energy. Mm -hmm. So what I taught my son's teachers is make it your need as a teacher and say, can you help me with this, please? And he'll jump at it. Can Mm -hmm. you help me? That's how I talk to him. Can you help me with this? Can Mm -hmm. you help me with that? So I create a need that he has to fulfill, but he's actually doing something for himself. Okay. <laughs> so thank you for decoding me, you know, a, a giver why and a server how. So how would I, someone like myself or anyone use this information now to help with self-bullying? So with self-bullying, one of the most important things is you know that you are giver why and server how. So in self-bullying, how that works is that you know your uniqueness. So you're not going to step into something else that's not you because you have to be good at everything, right? So for example, I'll give you an example of an exhorter. An exhorter is somebody that uh, encourages other people for the future. Now, because you're a server, how you can be giver exhorter where you can encourage other people because you're going to give them an idea for improvement. That's your intention. 
but you can't change your intention to exhort her why. Mm -hmm. If you decide, I'm doing this because I want to encourage this person, you're going to drain your energy. So that's literally when you step outside your uniqueness. The biggest thing is a lot of people say, I need to fit in, right? Mm -hmm. Once you understand your uniqueness, you just need to fit in with your uniqueness. I spent two years operating as exhorter server where I was trying, my intention was to encourage people. And I just drained myself. I was bullying myself by trying to be something I'm not. Mm -hmm. And then just to touch a bit on imposter syndrome here too, is that once you know your intrinsic motivators, your intangible drivers, and you build confidence in that, what ends up happening is you don't really experience imposter syndrome because you're not trying to be something you're not. Mm. You're just focused on being who you are. Mm-hmm. And sorry, I got to experience that this week when um, people that usually coach me came to me with the intention of coaching me, but I realized, hang on, I'm compassion server, so I bear other people's pain so that they grow. I just let them share their pain. I let them share, let them share. And then where I needed to ask questions for them to self-reflect, I asked questions. But never at any point did I step into exhort, like encouraging people. I'd say, okay, what's your plan for this? What's your plan for this? How is this going to work out? Okay, Mm -hmm. I see you have this. Do you recognize this is what X, Y, Z is? And it's like, you know, having those three people come off that call when they were meant to coach me and me coaching them instead was like, okay, I stepped into my uniqueness. And they're like saying, thank you so much. I would say, no, thank you very much because you've helped me step into my uniqueness. Mm -hmm. And through grace and faith, I've been able to help you. It wasn't about me. It was me being able to help you I adjusted to fill a need, and that felt so awesome. So I think that the audience would really love to know, because you talk about like um, imposter syndrome. That is, I've talked about it on this podcast many times with many folks, and it is the most common thing. Everyone has a little bit of it in some ways. For some people, it's more paralyzing than for others. Um, So, you know, let's say you take this test, this flow flow says test, it gives you, you know, your why and your how. Where do we go from here to uh, discover our uniqueness, to discover, you know, more about ourselves and, and, you know, and start helping with things like imposter syndrome and self-bullying? So one of the main parts of this test, and I, I do this in my uniqueness workshop with everybody, is that you have to take a look at your role model adult. Now, your role model adult is not the typical sense of person that you looked up to. It's, a, it's the adult you saw the most between ages two and eight. Mm. My mother is server giver. So I had to be able to, what happens is when you look at your role model adult, you look at their behavior and you take on that behavior unconsciously. You know, you're kind of telling yourself unconsciously, okay, this is how I'm supposed to behave. My mom mm-hmm. being giver, she was always giving ideas for improvement and she's a retired teacher. So there's that, right? And when I was operating, I was always trying to give advice, giving ideas for improvement, but that's not who I am. And I found it exhausting and it wasn't received well on the other side as well, because I'm not a giver, right? Mm So, I mean, you know, energetically, you are able to pick that up. So it was never received very well. So when I stepped back and I said, okay, you know what, as a role model, my mom was great with this, like five things that she was really good at. And then you have to write down five things where you feel you know, 
was good for, I think it was three things that it was good for them to do according to their uniqueness, but not good for you to do according to your uniqueness. So for her, it was good for her to give advice and ideas as a server giver, but not for me to do it. That's not who I am. Unless someone says specifically, can you give me advice on this? So what I found is when I slowly started stepping back into my, and I say stepping back because it's a backward step, stepping back into my uniqueness and then experiencing, you know, holding space for people that are in pain, bearing their pain, right? And filling that need so that they feel better and them getting off the call. I mean, I had this guy say to me yesterday, he's like, we were supposed to talk about what you're doing. And what and I said, no, 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 you know, you're in distress well not really in distress but you're not feeling good let's focus on that because i'm here to help you feel better and for him to have walked away from that call energized and me to walk away from that call energized was just amazing when i start giving that's when it drains my energy that's imposter syndrome for me is that i'm stepping into uniqueness that's not mine mm -hmm. so you're actually in essence working against yourself yeah so it sounds like you, you really under, have to understand fundamentally your why and your how. Are you a giver? Are you a server? And, and all the other categories. And and it sounds like, you know, in you know whatever format, like in a workshop and such, really understanding what behaviors you're exhibiting today, that might be going against your why and your how. And if it is, like you're not a giver, but you're doing all these giving things because you it was modeled for you between the ages two and eight with your mom, whoever it might've been. And, you know, realizing this is not natural, right? Um, okay, okay. Um, so I just wanna mention something super quick. One of the things yeah? I, I do and I offer is, you know, team building exercise where mm. um, we all go through each one's uniqueness and you leverage other people's uniqueness. You see, this is the beauty of it is that you don't have to be good at everything. I have a friend, um, perceiver teacher. So a perceiver, they want to mm. make you aware of a fact and his how is he teaches it. He wants me to understand. So if I'm writing a proposal or something, I send it to him. I say to him, please, can you look at this and tell me what I need to see, see, and what, what I need to understand? How do I change this? So it takes the pressure off of me of having to figure this out. So mm. if we know each individual's uniqueness within a team, and we leverage that uniqueness to help us with tasks, it gives them energy to do something in their uniqueness and it takes the pressure off of us to do something that's not in our uniqueness. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> another big theme of this leadership podcast is leadership. And, you know, one of, one of the key things that, you know, folks have asked me in the past, like, hey, what, what do you think is your, what's your superpower, Dave? And, and I, I've said, like, I'm able to get folks to get things done. And they're like, oh, what, what do you do? Like carrot or stick? I go, no, it's, it depends. And it's not carrot or stick. It's do some, motivate the individual. And I say individual, and this individual could be another leader, could be someone, one of your peers, motivate them in the way that resonates with them. And, you know, for instance, what doesn't resonate with me exactly was what you said is, I want you to do this. I'm like, sure, I'll get it done. <laughs> but I'll do it begrudgingly, right? And, and and that doesn't work for me. And and you know I've had bosses in the past where they realize like, oh, just dropping the hammer like that actually it turns out worse, right? Um, what does help is like, hey, 
have you noticed <laughs> and get me to self-reflect and I'll probably um, more, be more critical of myself than I, anyone else could ever be critical of. And, and that's where I see the most improvement in myself when they let me reflect and I'll be more critical than anyone else could ever be. <laughs> right. But then I take action because I want to get better. Right. So a uh, little fun fact for anyone listening there. All right. That's how you get me to do things. Um, so I guess um, I do want to pivot for a second. I, I want to talk a little bit more about Kalyani. You know, you talk about growing up um, ages two to eight, your big influences and such. So I, I guess briefly talking about the early years of you and how you became who you are and what led you up to the TED Talk. You'll use that as a as a as an anchor point for now. Um, what are some significant events and significant memories you can think of from your early years that shaped who you are? So it's very interesting you say that. How much time do we have? <laughs> I'm just joking. No, I'm just joking. I, I will summarize. Um, so again, talking a little bit about uniqueness is growing up. Um, I was taught to go against my uniqueness, and what I mean by taught to go against my uniqueness is. My mom would always say to me, don't be so emotional. And that is what people call us. It's a trigger word for us compassion people. You're so emotional, right? She would say, don't be so emotional. People will take advantage of you. You're going to get hurt. So I was kind of forced to step outside of my uniqueness. And that made me very miserable. I grew up and I'm not the typical brown person. I was never a straight A student. So that just went against me in every shape and form, right? It was like, First, I'm sort of a how. Secondly, I was not smart. So I was like, you got to do this. You have to sit and study. You have to, have to, have to. And I just drained my energy. And this is what I wish I could teach teachers and kids in schools. How do you energize them in their uniqueness to get done what needs to be done? Right? Mm -hmm. Anyway, backstory again. Um, and then, you know, just trying to learn and be something I was not so that the bullying could stop at home. So all of this shaped me. And then I was centered. I grew up in apartheid South Africa. So for me to get an education that was not based on my skin color, I was sent to another country in a very prestigious boarding school. For a year and a half, I was severely bullied. And it happened at the, between the ages of 12 and 13. And 13, between ages 13 and 14, children, all children go through a process called synaptic pruning, where... Um, we have tree-like structures in our brains called dendrites and glial cells retire paths in our brain that are not frequently used. And then if you have a lot of negative trees from bullying and bad words that are said to you, it actually, for lack of a better word, dumbs you down. And that's what mm -hmm. happened with me. So I was already a bad student and then I became a worse student. Um, I had to end up repeating grade 11. You know, I, I was really struggling. Um, I became a CPA, I did the career, I had the arranged marriage, I did everything by the book, but I was not happy. You know, and when I say I'm happy in my marriage is because I just got really lucky. I made, met a great guy, we've grown together, it's been amazing, we've been married 20 years. But when I say I was unhappy, I was unhappy within myself. And then, you know, 13 years ago, I quit my career to raise both my kids, went through postpartum depression, which is all in my TED, TEDx talk. Um, and then, you know, I started diving into different modalities. You know, I did a lot of meditation, a lot of that. And I'm not saying it doesn't work, but it works more on effect. So I call it steps three to 10. 
It was only literally a year ago that I discovered FlowSess and I started applying this information in my life. And within the, this last year, I have made so much growth and progress. I have been invited to speak at a TEDx. I worked with the Calgary military families. I worked with, um, you know, inclusive leadership in the virtual world. I worked with parents and teens, you know, so I've literally gone out there and nothing happened in all these years, but it was all taking that step back into my uniqueness and then mastering my thought processes. And then you can add the meditation and everything else. That's steps three to 10, but it was the one and two that really helped me achieve what I wanted to achieve. And I'm still a work in progress. I'm not perfect. I've been very open and honest with you. I've admitted the fact that I need to re revisit my multiple award-winning book because there are things that I've learned that don't actually work and I need to rewrite those parts. And I'm okay mm. admitting that I was wrong and I can change that. And that's growth is the ability to admit that you're wrong and to do the repair that goes with it. Wow. Okay. We should have a little more time there. So, so, you know, it, it sounded like, you know, your, your childhood growing up, um, you know, you didn't fit the mold, right. And you were motivated in the ways that, you know, uh, some families know how is to say you're dumb and thinking that's the way, I mean, you know, in, in, in my culture, there, there was some of that too, right? Uh, comparing you to relatives, comparing you to friends and uh, what my best man at my wedding. Uh, when I was doing my speech, I said, hey, you know, growing up, there was times where I wonder if you were the son and not me. Because, you know, he, you know, he, he, was, a, you know, he was a good student, quiet, listened to everyone. I questioned, I would talk back to teachers and I wasn't the best student um, at all in that way. Um, and I guess like, you know, so where are you now then? Like what's next for Kalyani? Like you, you're, you're on this growth journey. You, you're, you know, you've, you've written this book, uh, which is, you know, a wonderful book. It's called, uh, what was it called again? It's called Unbullied. Uh, Unbullied, 14 Techniques to Silence the Critics. Um, you want to rewrite some of that. So, you know, some of it works, some of it doesn't, but it's okay. What's next then? What, what are you trying to achieve next? So focusing on totally on causality, <laughs> focusing on the cause is what I want to achieve next is just keep speaking this truth wherever it's needed, wherever I, I people are ready to hear it. That's where I'm going to speak it. Right. And we spoke just before we started recording, we spoke about being rejected. Um, I was recently rejected um, by the University of Calgary to teach both self-bullying and um, uniqueness. And you know, a lot of people handle rejection very badly. I did handle it badly initially until I realized, well, we, you know, rejection is actually redirection to faith and grace. And I had faith, but I didn't have grace. And what I was doing is I was focusing on the effect of landing the opportunity rather than focusing on the cause, which is sharing the truth, which is the truth of uniqueness, the truth of thought processes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yes, I am doing a presentation for CPAs next month really excited to do that and then just you know wherever i can just keep sharing just keep sharing this and as opportunities come keep applying for them <laughs> keep sharing yes that's wonderful so if you were to give some advice to you know we'll make this into a nice little clip too what's <laughs> one piece of advice you would give to young leaders out there 
Okay, so there's a lot I want to say in this, but I'll start with, you know how people say, be who you are, you know, be yourself. First of all, identify who yourself is through your intangible drivers. Secondly, and this is my friend Dottie Reynolds says this, don't quit, pivot. So, and the reason I say this is I wrote this book, it won three awards, it was totally focused on anti-bullying techniques for teenagers to use in schools. And I was even invited by CTV Morning Live, Calgary. I did an interview, everything, but I was never able to get my foot in the door. When I started researching self-bullying and understanding it and then getting trained by Flosis by understanding how our brain works and, you know, you know, without getting into the effects and literally focusing on the causes and, and stopping that, so many doors opened up for me. So... I've moved away from the anti-bullying techniques for kids in schools. Unless somebody really wants it, I'll do it, but I'm not pursuing that. Moved it totally to self-bullying and really just focusing in that area and helping people reconnect with who they really are mm -hmm. and then working on their thought processes. So I didn't quit. I just pivoted. So don't quit, pivot. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> don't quit, pivot. Yes. Okay. And it's okay to pivot because the advice people have been given over and over is like, you don't know how close you are to achieving your dream. Just don't give up. Don't give up. And you're pushing and pushing and pushing and it's draining you. Take that backwards stuff. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, uh, there's plenty of, uh, of advice out there um, from folks who, you know, it's their, their own lived experience. But, you know, fortunately, unfortunately, they're so famous that their advice becomes gospel. Like, never give up always keep pushing you're you're this much closer it's like uh, you know horses don't really work as well as cars like you can push as hard as you want but that car is going to dominate you i mean today it's kind of like yeah whatever uh, i would say the same about ai it's like don't don't push against it it's 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 been here already you push against it you're 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 still riding the horse and not the automobile so exactly. that's a, that's another podcast <laughs> um i come from tech you can tell <laughs> I, I guess um. So, question to you then. Uh, one of the last last couple questions I want to ask you. One of them is: so, knowing what you know now, then knowing what you know about self bullying, um, understanding yourself. If you were to go back to that thirteen year old Kalyani, what would you tell yourself? You know, it's interesting you ask that question. Um... The reason I feel, you know, and that's the thing is the reason I was bullied is low self-esteem from my bullies, right? And I think even back then, I was so, I won't say I was confident in who I was, but I accepted myself for who I was. So if I had to say something, I'll just say, keep being you, keep doing you. And if something doesn't feel right, there's a reason for it. Trust that reason. Even if you have to go against the flow go against the flow, be a salmon, you know, swim against the flow. It's all good. It will work out in the end. But I think what made it really hard for me is I was alone. I was very, very alone. I didn't have support from family. I didn't have, I didn't have friends. So you cannot grow in isolation. You need a community of people to support you in your growth. And because I was in isolation, I think that's what made it very, very hard for me. So your, your advice then to yourself? Don't just, grow in isolation. No, keep doing you. Just keep being keep you. Doing you. Yep. Mm. You're on the keep right path. You. Yep. <laughs> okay. Um, last question. I always leave it to my guest to ask me any question you want. 
okay. Um, what are you going to change now that you know your uniqueness? So my why is I'm, I'm a giver. One of the things I, I've gone, I've learned to be more aware of, not everyone is ready to receive. So just because I want to give doesn't mean Kalyani wants to receive right now. And so my natural state is to, you know, advise, help, help others. Like right before this call, I was talking to someone who's trying to start a business and, and I was like, Hey, look, you know, I, I, you know, they're ready to receive. I go, I'm, I'm happy to give input into the business idea, blah, blah, blah. You're right. I just got to make sure I read the person and make sure they're ready to receive that advice or that help. And I, it's something I have to be very conscious of as a giver. So uh, in my younger years, I wasn't. <laughs> okay, so can, it's called unsolicited advice. <laughs> so can I please give you two pieces of advice? Please. So first of all, knowing your uniqueness, it's important to communicate your uniqueness with those around you. I would highly recommend that your wife also take the uniqueness quiz. I would mm -hmm. love to help both of you communicate using each other's uniqueness. I think it'll be so mm -hmm. beautiful. It'll help you grow. And secondly, when you're ready to give someone advice, instead of reading them, or definitely read them rather, and then second, take one more step before you say anything. And I was like, do you want advice or do you want me to listen? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. I've done that with specific individuals, that last thing. Like, um, and, and it's because they, they actually said it to me, right? Like they, they understood, they understood, like they're much better than me at understanding people, right? I, I think I'm okay. But, you know, this person said to me, is like, Dave, sometimes I just want to talk. I'm not looking for advice. I'm like, understood. So I approached our, our, our chats with, are, you know, do you want some advice here? Or, you know, do you want a, a, a sympathetic ear here? Um, or you want me to just listen? And they were like, I just need you to listen. I need to complain about this. I love this. Okay, so David, I am going to finish off with one little more piece of advice is it's very yeah. hard for a giver not to give an idea for improvement. So to keep your energy level up, say out loud to yourself, so your unconscious brain is aware of what you're thinking, that I'm giving this person the gift of listening mm. so you're still giving something you're still right? giving you're still yeah. giving i'm giving the yes. gift of listening mm -hmm. and communicate your uniqueness to yes giving the gift mm. of listening and communicate your uniqueness to those near and dear and close around you mm. you know just quick sh share here as like my son said to me a couple of days ago like mom this work that you've done for the last year he calls it my transformation work he says to me Mom, it's really good. You've become a much nicer person. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> well, well, Kalyani, anything else you want to mention to the audience out there? So I always say, you know, be who you are. And my question is, but do you really know who you are? Mm -hmm. And I'll link all the information on how you can start that process about finding about who you are. Yes. And they'll be in the show notes. <laughs> All right, Kalyani, this is wonderful. This is 45 minutes. Flew by. We could, we could do two hours easily. That's yeah. what happens when you're in flow. I was in flow and you were in flow too. <laughs> we were just in the flow. All exactly. right. Well, Kalyani, this is great. And, you know, I, actually, I, I do want you back on this podcast uh, sometime in the future. I think there's a lot more to unpack um, than, you know, than what we did today. But... We'll go from here. 
and uh, have a good day, Kalyani. You as well. I'd love to be back. Thank you so much, David. This was so much fun. All right. Chat soon. Yep. Bye.